Hey, good morning. A glorious day, right? It's supposed to be 57 degrees, and it's not. <laughs> but let me tell you, the grace of God is greater and better than weather, right? And we're going to get to see the grace of God today sorry, with the baptism for Ford. And he's looking at me. He's smiling at me. But when we put some cold water on you, that's going to change, <laughs> right? He's still smiling. I feel a little bad. Uh, baptism. Why do we do it? Two Two important reasons. Number one is the bad news. All of us are sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and that the wages of sin is death. But the good, not, good news is God saw that and decided, I'm going to send my son and he's going to live that perfect life. He's going to die on a cross, be placed into a tomb, and on the third day he's going to rise again from the dead. And because of that, there is a victory. And Jesus, right before he ascended into heaven, was connecting the dots. How do we get that grace of God? Matthew 28, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations. And then he says how to do it. By baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And surely I'll be with you always to the end of the age. And what a beautiful promise. And as we gather together today, we're all witnesses of this, but we have two witnesses up here. Um, who, who's going to come up? They're going to come alongside Ford. And my hope, my prayer is that you would pray for him, encourage him as he grows up. And here's the thing too. Remember this day. People will remember the birthday cake when Ford puts his face into it, and it's going to be really cute and good. But this day is a really cool day. So remember this day and celebrate with him and tell him what happens, okay? If you're willing to do this, then answer, I will, with God's help. May God give you the faith and love to do that on behalf of Ford. Uh, one of the things that we're going to do, it's a beautiful summary of the Christian faith. It's called the Apostles' Creed. And Ford is going to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And the Creed gives a beautiful summary of who that is. So, I encourage all, all of you to join with us as we share the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Ready or not. Okay. Ford, Thomas, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And may our Heavenly Father, who brought you into his family, keep you safe in his loving arms. Amen. All right. I always tell parents, if they behave, I'll hold them. If they don't behave, they're all yours. 
Well, he smiled through the cold <laughs> water. So, Ford, you and me are now buds, literally. He is the newest member of the family of God. That means we're brothers and sisters with Ford. <clears throat> Isn't that awesome? <clears throat> Let's give God thanks and praise for what he just did. Let me, let me pray for Ford right now. Heavenly Father, you did an amazing thing in his life. You have connected Ford with your love and your family. And all the promises are now his. The promise that you will love him and take care of him. The promise that you'll be with him always to the very end of the age. So we thank you for that good news for him and for all of us. And we pray now that as Ford grows, yes, physically, emotionally, intellectually, but we pray that he would grow up spiritually knowing you and loving you and following you. Thank you for the grace given, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Jesus, while on this earth, he said many things, and you can look, at in, the, look in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus says a lot of things. But one thing that he says about himself, he says, I am the light of the world. So symbolically, what we do for baptism is we light a candle... And then we hand it over here and say, our prayer for Ford is that the light of Jesus would shine in his life today, tomorrow, and every day, all for the glory of God. May God grant that and bless him always. Pretty incredible. All right? Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm just going to hold him for a while. You can all go. <laughs> I'm serious. You go. He's really good. You, may, you can go down. Just go. I've, I've got him. So no, no problem. I told you if he was bad, I would give him back, but he's really good right now. All right, some announcements. This is, uh, this is Ford. He's going to do announcements with me. All right, you, you just tell me if I go off script. All right, I met some guests. Glad you're with us. Come on back. Worship with us. We celebrate Jesus every single week, and uh, we'd love to celebrate with you. So if you would, if you're a guest, stop at Next Steps. And let us get to know you. And we have a gift for you. And again, we just celebrate you being here today. Uh, today we're going to have communion. It's here. Uh, there's going to be an explanation of what we believe about communion up on the screen. And if you believe that, come and celebrate with us. If you have a prayer request that you would like included, there is a number right up there that you could text your prayer request in. And we will have it. And Add that to our prayers today. So please join us with that. Doing okay? Yeah, he just nodded. Literally. I know many of you were here yesterday, so I'm just going to tell you the story. Columbus Community Haiti Project. Incredible. It's not just about 80,000 rice packets. It's not about 400 children will have meals every day for a year. Amazing. It's not just the fact that there were so many people from our community. All right, different churches, police and fire. I mean, we had, this was packed full of people serving. What a way to go. Ultimately, our prayer is for those children in Haiti would get to know Jesus. Yes, get a meal, but get to know Jesus. So thank you for all that you did to make that happen, from raising funds to being here and for your prayers. God is so good. Uh, opportunity, March 31st. Cloud Nine. We have some very special people that are in our community, and we have partnered, and we're part of this group that says, you know what? 
We want to put on a prom for those special, special people. And uh, it's coming up March 31st, and they, they need some more buddies. And buddies come alongside these beautiful, beautiful people and just spend the evening with them. It's a wonderful time. So stop at Next Steps. Call the church office. Uh, we'd love to get you connected so that you could um, do some ministry and celebrate with others. Uh, the craft fair is this Saturday. The proceeds, I love it, it goes for student ministries just so that we can continue to do some great things. Now, Chris Robbins, not a surprise now, but it was a surprise at the first service. It was a surprise at the first yes, service. Yes, um, we have something coming up April 16th. What yeah, is it? So April 16th, um, if you guys remember, we partnered with Trinity Lutheran Church in Schuyler for about a year, and we did a contemporary worship service at 5 p.m. Well, we're starting that here on April 16th. April 16th. Okay. And so it'll actually be down in the high school room at the end of the, the hall down here. And uh, the reason for it is just to give everybody another opportunity to come worship. Yep. Wonderful. And again, April 16th. And um, I've done, I've been at other churches that had a Sunday at 5. Sometimes it ends up being known as the service of convenience. Because sometimes our weekend is so busy, we pack it in and we're gone. And then families go, oh good, it's something we can come to at 5 o'clock Sunday night and not miss it. So we'd love for you to come and for you to tell people, again, it's going to be a little bit more chill in a sense, because it's going to be in a, in a very intimate, closed kind of room, a little bit smaller. So it'll be great. So please come and be a part of that. That's it for announcements. Now we're going to have the reading of the Word of God. A reading from Ephesians chapter 3. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God's word for us. Now, I want you to know that this is a pastor's dream. I get to preach five sermons in one service. And while that may, may be my dream, it might be your nightmare. Uh, but uh, we're going to cover a lot of territory today and uh, just really hold on tight. We're going to go quickly. But some very important things. Remember, we're in a new sermon series, and, and it's all about a spiritual growth campaign talking about spiritual D DNA, and one of the things that you've heard me say repeatedly uh, several weeks, and I'm hoping that you're going to get it, let me ask you, the most important thing is spiritual health and well-being, your own spiritual health and well-being, and namely that is knowing Jesus, loving Jesus, following Jesus. 
And last week, we started and we talked about Ephesians 3, and there is one word that is stuck in Ephesians 3 that is very stirring, and it's the word more. More. And if you recall last week, I did something that I haven't done here at 1C. Anybody remember? Yeah, I went down, I kneeled on my knee, and then the, the miracle was I got up. But remember, the kneeling part was really reflecting on Ephesians 3, where Paul, after seeing all of this and saying all of this, he says, I now kneel before the Father. Because he's in, having, having a sense of awe and wonder. So, um, let's put up on the screen the picture, all right? How many of you know and seen this picture? All right. Michelangelo, beautiful. It's called the creation of Adam. And while it's very specific and the purpose of the painting is for that, I do believe it also paints a picture for us today that God, the powerful God, is now reaching down to humanity and, yes, created Adam, but he continues to take care of creation. He continues to bless the crowning moment of creation. And it is this movement, this love for people. And yet when you look at Adam in a very subtle way, and maybe you didn't look at it this way, I'm wondering if at that moment, Adam going back up to here is almost like an act of worship. God coming down to Adam, and Adam pointing back up and receiving everything that God wants to give. That is a, a beautiful picture. And um, as we think about the picture and we think about Ephesians 3, there, there were two words that were, I'll just say for me, very stirring. And it's the words, next one, within us, within us. You see, God did all of this, and it's great to think that it's out there. God is so good out there. But when we realize this God comes to us, this God blesses us, and you can read Ephesians 1 and 2 and the beginning of chapter 3, and you will see one thing after another that God is saying, here you go, here you go, here you go. And he is doing awesome things for his creation. It's amazing. I gave you the list last week. I'm not going to do it this week. I encourage you to read Ephesians 1 and 2 and the first part of chapter 3. Now, the question that is begging, and it's really fitting for today, is what is our response? And let me just give you a couple possible responses to this awesome God who has put it in within all of us. And here is the list. The first one, a chill acknowledgement. So God did all of this, and we could just literally go, that's cool, and then just kind of live on our life. Secondly, we can have a moral devotion, okay? It's the right thing to do. Or how about ethical behavior? Or how about a religious ritual? Now, the reason I chose those is it really described me growing up. Some of you heard the story. I went to the Lutheran schools, a Christian school, from kindergarten all the way through high school. I was around the word of God all the time. But my family, we didn't really embrace it. We really didn't depend on God. We just kind of went through the motions. And one of the motions that we had to do 
was at the Lutheran school, there was a requirement to go to church. And I could, and I don't really remember it, but I could just picture my parents going, how many times do you think we have to go so the pastor doesn't come and visit us? And so, they, they had some kind of number, I don't know what it was, and so we'd go to church. And there was the main part of church, and then there was the annex. You know, you know and it's like off to the side. My parents would always go to the annex, and they would always come 10 minutes late and leave 10 minutes early. I didn't think anything about it. This was normal. And it was just the rhythm. And even in the household, I would say, if you talk to my parents, and again, I, I know they're in heaven, all right? They believed in Jesus. But back then, this idea of depending on God was very far removed. It was, but if you talked to them and said, hey, God loves you so much, what are you going to do with this? They would be at loss. And I'll just say, I was at loss for many years until God got my attention and I realized again how good God is, and he wants a relationship with somebody like me. In fact, uh, this verse came uh, full circle, this idea of where Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And the next part of it, this is the first and greatest commandment. So let's go back you know, in our minds. Remember what it said. Jesus replied, love your God with what? All. Three times in that little verse, Jesus says all. And I think if my parents were, if that ever was before them, I think they would struggle because they were loving God with kind of some of their heart. And, you know, they were just kind of doing it. And maybe that's what they learned growing up. I mean, it just was this rhythm. And not really depending on God. Well, as a, as a church, we've been trying to communicate the importance of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And over the years, we've had different little phrases. So example, the first one was connecting with Christ. The second one was up. And the third one, which I, I kind of bumped into, some church was trying to describe this too, and they have this DNA thing, and it's depending on God. And I like it. It's a verb. It's action. It's something that God is calling us to do. Depend on him. And then I thought for today, I'm going to put the word worship up there because I really think that's what it's all about. Whether it's connecting with Christ or it's up or it's depending on God, it's worship. It's going back to that picture of Michelangelo. God coming down to us, blessing us, and then our response back. And what is our response going to be? And I gave you the list of what it was like when I was a kid growing up. And I'm going to say, don't go that path. It's not good. So what I want to do is take you on a little journey. About five things that we could be doing that would show our dependence on God, but also grow our dependence on God. So five little mini sermons with some music, and we're going to walk through this. So here we go. First one. Uh, first one is singing to him, and the Bible verse is from Psalm 147. Sing out your thanks to him, 
Sing praises to our God. We don't know if it was David that wrote this or not. But it really seems like a command. Like 400 times you will find the word sing. 50 of the times are a command where it is sing. And I just wonder in our life if we would learn to do this more. If we would learn the spiritual discipline and habit of singing our praises to him. Because he has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has done great things for us. So let's not just talk about it, let's actually do it.
I don't know how often you sing. Um, I'm going to tell you a, a little thing about my singing. There are times when I'm really struggling, and I have my guitar right next to my desk. And I will pick up my guitar, and I will pour out my heart to God. So I don't know if you're here today, and maybe you are struggling, you are battling. Let me tell you, singing does something. I think it's a gift from God himself, and we could sing. Or maybe you have something to praise God for, and you can sing a song like that too, um, however it works. Uh, here's a little scale for you to look at, and as we, we ask the question, how are you doing when it comes to singing to God? Do you do it regularly? Do you do it occasionally? Do you do it rarely? So to follow the theme that we have for this entire spiritual growth campaign from Ephesians 3, God wants to do what? More. Could you say all say it together? More. So I'm going to encourage you to sing more. I believe that God wants to put a song on your heart no matter what you're going through in life. He wants you to sing. And we have so many, like the phone that we carry, oh my goodness, you could pick up and you can listen to a song and sing with it, even if you don't sing well, right? I know that feeling, right? All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, next topic is talking to him. Talking to him. And the verse to consider is Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he hears and answers my prayers. Because he bends down and listens, I will pray as long as I have breath. Uh, you can read almost any periodical that's written, and they will say communication is the key to good and healthy relationships. All right? Communication is the key to good and healthy relationships. And going back to when I was dating Kristen, and she doesn't know the story's coming, but uh, we used to talk a lot. We would be sitting together for hours, and we would talk. Then I would go home, and then I would call her on the phone, and we would talk for hours then. My mom was getting so overwhelmed with that, she got a second line in our house. And I remember her mom saying to Kristen, what do you have to talk about that much? And I don't know if you could answer, but we just talked. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to talk to him more. And I love the image the psalmist gave. And again, I chose it from the New Living Translation. And it says here, he bends down and listens. And then the psalmist says, I, I will pray as long as I have breath. So just picture that God, you know, with the creation of Adam doing this thing. But he's also going like this. And he's listening. He's listening to your, your, your cries, your laughter. He knows your sadness and your joy. And he's going like this. And he can't wait for the moment for somebody like you. Talk to him back in prayer. Let's continue now as we um, live this out in our time of prayer. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we just thank you that we can come to you 
with all of our cares and worries and whatever weighs upon us. And we can lay it at your feet, knowing that you care for us and that you're there always waiting to hear from us. A prayer for my grandsons, Oliver and Silas, for healing and strength. Prayers for my daughter, Skyly, for strength and wisdom in her daily walk. A prayer, Lord, that God, that you know the needs of the Bright Starts Daycare. Please provide the qualified individuals needed to continue this beautiful blessing. Provide strength and peace and knowledge to Brittany through the next few weeks. A prayer, Lord, that you guide my grandson, Gavin, as he is struggling in school. Extend grace to the teachers and to Gavin with patience. Prayers for all the politicians as we enter this new season of that they just stop bickering and badgering each other. A prayer for mine and my dog's health. Prayers for Sharon and Sherry. Prayers for continued strength for Coco through her next steps in cancer treatments. Be with her as well as her family and friends. A prayer, Lord, that you lay your healing hands on the family of Corey Liebig as you welcome her into your kingdom, free of all pain. Be with her son, be with her husband, and all of her family through their healing. Prayers for my friend Meg, who lost her husband in October from a heart attack. Prayers for her and her small children as she manages life this new way. A prayer for my mom, Dora Payton, who's struggling with lasting side effects from COVID. Prayers for my brother, Dave Ritz, who was just diagnosed with colon cancer and has upcoming tests. Father, we just know all these prayers spoken and the ones unspoken and upon our heart, that you know what each one of us is going through and that you're there right beside us we just thank you, Lord, for your love. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Once again, we have a, a moment to consider how are you doing when it comes to, to talking to him and, and, and just praying to him and having him hear your every concern. Do you do it regularly, occasionally, rarely? I just want you to picture what the psalmist said. God is always like this. And my hope, my prayer is people like you and me would learn to pray what? More. More. All right, so singing and talking to him. Now we're going to talk about listening to him. And we're told in the scripture, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Next verse. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. You know this idea that we have a very faithful, loving shepherd who imparts to people like you and me his word? Uh, we have the Bible. It is one of the greatest gifts that God has given us. It tells us who God is, how much he loves us, and also the desires he has for his children. And I think the more we listen to our shepherd in that word, the more important it is. You know, I, I remember like years ago, and, and it just still happens. There are some people who say, yeah, I really want to kind of read through the Bible. 
And I'm like, that's cool. That's really good. But you know what's even more important? Is to have the Bible through you and in you. And let the Bible get through to you. I think there is a, um, maybe a discipline that maybe we can learn that's connected to this idea of uh, listening to him. And it's the idea of meditation. It's one thing to hear the word of God. See, so often I'll just glance at the word of God and I'll kind of move on. Martin Luther, about 500 years ago, said it this way, and I think it's profound. You should not only meditate inwardly in your heart, but also outwardly by repeating the words out loud. And then he says this, and with your hand on the Bible, right? Rubbing at the written word like a sweet-smelling herb by reading it and rereading it carefully, attentively, and reflectively to gather what the Holy Spirit means by them. And that would be my prayer for us. I, I love the Bible. It's so great. You can have the hard version, like old school, right? But you can have the Bible on your phone with you wherever you go, and you can open up that truth. I mean, we live in a world where everything wants to say it's the truth. I'm going to tell you, the only truth we have comes from the Bible itself. That's the truth. And the more we get to know that truth, the more it helps us navigate our life. So my prayer is we would learn to listen even better. Let's sing.
Singing, talking, listening. How well do we do when it comes to listening to God as he speaks through his word to people like you and me? How well do we do in taking that time to really let it sink in and meditate? Do we do it regularly? Do we do it occasionally? Do we rarely? I do believe wholeheartedly that God wants us to do more. Right? To read his word more and listen to what he has to say. All right, let's get to the next one. This one's going to be a little complicated. So, all right, publicly identifying with him. And I want to share with you from Mark 8:38 some really stern words from Jesus. He says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with holy angels. That's really harsh. Well, I, I kind of jumped over to Romans because I think it's Paul getting at it too. He says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, you will be saved. So he wants people like you and me who God has loved to acknowledge him back. You know, as we go through, again, Ephesians 1 and 2 in the beginning of 3, one thing after another, Paul just unfolds and says, this is all, this is what God does. And he is doing this, and he is doing this faithfully and lovingly, and he does it within us, and that God is calling us to respond. And that's this idea of depending on him and worshiping him. And it's a beautiful rhythm, because God faithfully comes to us, and he calls us respond back and to publicly identify with him. Uh, we're going to do something today that's a little bit different. We're going to get ready for communion, but when you come forward, we have three stations today so that we can make our way through this, and you're going to see basins of water that are there before you come up for communion. And I'm going to say this very clearly. If you are comfortable with this, there's no law. You don't have to do it. But see, what God has done in baptism, we saw this in Ford's life, and it is in our life. God comes to us and says, I'm identifying with you, I'm coming to you, I'm bringing you into my family, and we do it publicly. That's why I love it when families say, yes, I'd like to do it in church, because it is a public identifying with the Creator. And I want you to know that you're part of this, too. And so, you can remember your baptism today. Luther tells us to do this. Martin Luther is brilliant. When you come up, you could just put your fingers in the water and then go to your forehead and make the sign of the cross. And I want you to remember what God did for you. 
and he identified you to be his own. And you then are also making a public declaration to everybody that this is the Jesus you love. So if you're comfortable doing that, and then you'll come forward and you're going to receive communion. And I'm going to tell you, it is a sacrament. These both are. It's God coming to us, God saying, I'm going to give you the best. And when Jesus was in that upper room and he had bread and wine, he said it's body and blood for the forgiveness of whose sins? Yeah, yours and mine. And he is giving us this gift. And when we come up for communion, we are publicly identifying to everybody, I believe this. I'm going to receive it. And I, my life has changed because of him. So this is going to be, again, a sacred moment. God coming to us. And then we just publicly identify with him as we celebrate our baptism and as we celebrate his meal. So I, I want to invite Randy to come up forward. We're going to have the confession of our sins and then the consecration of elements. Please stand. Pastor Jim said it so very, very well. This is God coming to us in this meal. On that Thursday night in the upper room, Jesus instituted, we call this the Lord's Supper. It's called the, the altar, come to the table. It's called the Eucharist. It's called communion. What God did was he brought common elements, bread and wine, and he combined them to his word, and we have this sacrament. We have it here in communion. We had it at baptism. And down through the ages, the church has been doing this, right down here to this Sunday at 1C Church in Nebraska. So it is our privilege to come forth and partake of this meal. And here at 1C, we believe this. This is the true body, the true blood of Jesus. It is present in these elements, in, with, and under. It is a profound mystery. I can't explain it to you, so after church, don't ask me. It's a profound and beautiful mystery. And before we come to the table, we have an opportunity to confess our sins. that will be up on the screen. Let's do this together. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And it is my privilege to announce to you that upon the profession and confession of your sin, Jesus has forgiven you all of your sin. He has removed them as far as the east is from the west. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner also, after supper, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins, do this as often as you drink it 
in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. You may be seated, and you'll notice that we do have a third station. So just feel free if this is the closest one, you can come here. Thank you, sir. Let your fire fall, your love is all I fear. Let your fire fall, cast out all my fears. 
Let your fire fall, you love is all I feel. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fears. Let your fire fall, you love is all I feel. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fears. Let your fire fall, you May this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. I'll just say it's, again, a stirring, stirring for me. I hope that as you came forward, as you touched that water, you remember what God did in your life in baptism. When you ate that bread and wine, that body and blood, that you remember the extent of his love for you because he is in love with you now let's have that up there yeah thank you regularly occasionally or rarely how do you do with that i mean maybe within the four walls of a church we could publicly identify with christ yep i love him he's really cool um i'll sing the praises to him i'll i'll talk i'll listen i'll do all of this but what about when we go out into the world are we ready to publicly identify 
that we are a child of the Heavenly Father? Are we ready to declare what he has done for me and what he wants to do for others? And who's on the list of others? Family, which is not always easy to share your faith with family. How about friends, co-workers, classmates, neighbors, and even that category, it's called enemies. It's people that you don't like them and they don't like you. Are you ready to publicly identify your faith and your love in Jesus and, and do it regularly? I think you got the drill. I believe that what, you know, God wants us to publicly identify with him, what, what's the word? More. He's able to do more. He wants to do more in you and through you, right? And we pray about that. All right, let's go to the next one. Being committed to him, and let's go to Romans 12. And again, this is the message version of it. It's not a translation, but it's really good. All right, this is being committed to him. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing God, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. And I, and I thought about the word committing to him. I, I really think that's what this is about. But what is the extent of our commitment to him? Is it like when I grew up, which it was whenever it's convenient, I'll be committed to him? Or is it a 24-7, all that I am and all that I do commitment? I think Paul, again, in this version of it, says take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around, and place it before God as an offering. So it's like whatever you do, whatever your 24-7 is, like going like this to God, saying, all right, when I go to work, it's an offering to you. When I recreate and I go out and do whatever I'm going to do and have fun, it's ultimately an offering to you. In my relationships, whether it's a marriage or a parent or anybody, it's an offering to you. Are we that committed to him? I believe what God wants in and through us is for us to be more committed to him than ever before. And once again, there we have, uh, if we can have that regularly, occasionally, rarely, how committed are we to him? Let's walk through this. Singing, talking, listening, publicly identifying with him, and now being committed to him. I do believe that these aspects of life will develop us to be more dependent on God than ever before. But it's always going to be a battle. It will always be a battle because independence is our friend. Independence is what we're drawn to. And God says, you know what? Stop that. Be dependent on me. Trust in me. And he has given us his Holy Spirit to give us the faith to be able to do this every day. All right. You're probably thinking, when's the kids' message? Now is the kids' message. So come on up, kids, really quick, if you would. We've got a message for you, and we know adults, we listen to. And I think, 
Is it a cousin? It might be a cousin of George. I don't, at least he knows George, but I have a friend with me, and his name is Fred. So you see Fred? Fred kind of likes to clown around a little bit. He, he's good at walking, right? He can, he gives me five and some knuckles. He likes to dance too. Don't tell George I said this, but he's not a very good dancer, is he? George is not a very good dancer. So, what's that, George? Fred. Fred. I got confused. George is not here. Fred is here. Fred. Yes, this is Fred. And Fred wanted to say hi to you, but he's kind of shy, doesn't talk a lot, but yeah, Fred says hi. What do you think of Fred? You like Fred? No? Yeah? Yeah? You like George better? Uh, yeah, well, shh, don't tell Fred that. All right. Well, you know what? We are a lot like Fred. We are. Because you know what? Jesus tells us in John chapter 15, verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me and I in you and you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So we are like Fred because if we are disconnected, we are apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. So if I disconnect George's feet, he can't walk anymore. Fred, Fred's feet, Fred's feet. But he can still move his hands, can he? Unless I cut those strings, right? And now Fred is he's just kind of standing there. Yeah, Fred's just kind of standing there. He's cut off. Hmm. Well, you know what? But do you see what Fred is connected to? It looks like a cross, doesn't it? Yeah. And we want to be connected to God through our faith in Jesus. And that's where our spiritual life comes from. So do I want to cut Fred off? No, no, no. I don't want to do that. Fred would drop and look dead. We don't want a dead Fred. No. But we want Fred to be connected, right? So we want to be connected up and depend on God more than Fred is actually connected up here, right? So, but what do we say what are those things that we can do that help us connect up to God and depend on God more? What, what did we say? We said sing, right? Singing is one way that we can connect up to God and depend on him. Let's see. What's another way? What else did, did Pastor Jim say? Do you remember? Talk. Talking to God, right? Listening to God. Public identifying with God and really being fully committed to God, right? Those things help us depend on God more and increase our connection, give us greater connections to God as we depend on him more. So here, Fred's got a couple more. Con Wait a minute. I did it again? Um, this was not supposed to happen. I did it at the first service, and I thought I learned my lesson, but I didn't. But you know what? Sometimes we're like Fred here, and it takes us a little while to learn our lesson. And sometimes we get connected to the wrong things in life, but we don't want to be connected to the wrong things in life and get all messed up. We want to be connected up to God through our faith in Jesus, right? 
Yes, I'm going to have to spend some time with Fred and fix him a little bit. But will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you repeat after me. Heavenly Father, you give us life. Help us to, to depend on you and grow in our faith more and more each day. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up, and you can head on back to your seats. Would you please rise for our last song?
everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord.